If you are trying to build a blogging affiliate site, I can almost guarantee that you are overwhelmed with stuff to do. And I mean guarantee because daily, I work with new bloggers and every time by default, they are feeling overloaded with the long list of stuff that needs to be done to build a blog that allows them to work less and earn more. And this isn't rocket science because when this happens, new bloggers are going to one, waste massive amounts of time working on a website and have absolutely nothing to show for it, and two, sometimes feel like a failure because doubt starts to creep in, which causes a lack of motivation and is an open door to getting easily distracted with life. Sound familiar? Well, you don't have to feel this way because you can visit blogbuilderpro.net, that's blogbuilderpro.net, and you'll watch a hyper-quick training that will show you step-by-step how to fix this problem in literal minutes. And I am not exaggerating when I say just taking a few minutes to watch this hyper-quick training that I'm trying to get you to watch here can save you months or even years worth of time. Because think about it. Think about all of the time that you have spent writing articles or finding ideas of what to write about. Think about the time spent putting articles on social media and just hoping that they go viral. Or the time spent designing and building a website, choosing colors, deciding on logos. Look, it is disturbing how much time I see new bloggers wasting and I don't like it. So again, go check out blogbuilderpro.net for a free hyper quick training and we will fix your overwhelm just like all of the bloggers and side hustlers that I have personally helped in the past. That's blogbuilderpro.net. Watch the free training and I'll see you there. That is when people start to trust you. That is when people start to like who you are. Then and only then can you make a recommendation for them to buy something. And guess what? You're going to earn affiliate commission. Regular people are taking their passions and interests, writing about it in a blog and making a living from it. But not everyone is successful. There is a right way to build a blog and a wrong way. And I am here to help you succeed with your online business. My name is Chris Miles, and this is the Blogger Evolution Podcast. Oh, and welcome to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris Miles. Wherever you are, wherever you may be, thanks for making us or making the Blogger Evolution Podcast part of your day. How's it going, everyone? Uh, Number one, I want to apologize. I have been out for the last couple of weeks because I've been working on a couple of other aspects of the business and life in general. You know, just life happens. And uh, but don't worry, everybody is okay. Nothing too crazy has been going on. But just want to let you know that we are back and better than ever creating weekly content on the podcast. So I just wanted to just throw that out there and just apologize. But we are back and I am ready to talk marketing and blogging and, and everything else that's uh, in, in inside of what you need to do in order to build a blogging business. All right, let's jump into it. So I have a question for you. How good are you at true false tests? You remember those old tests you used to take back in school where it was just a question or a statement and you had to determine if it was true or false? I remember back then, and even today, really, I'm terrible at those types of tests. If it's a 50-50 shot, I'm probably going to choose the wrong answer almost every time. 
Do you feel like that? Has that ever felt? Have you ever felt like that before where it just seems like every decision that you make seems to be the wrong one? Well, that's kind of how it was when it came to marketing, at least for me, when it came to um, setting up, especially one of my first blogs. Uh, I didn't learn a lot of the stuff that I've, you know, a lot of the knowledge that I've picked up over the years with having blogs and successful blogs because I got it right the first time. I, more times than not, screwed it up first. I screwed up on something and then just learned what not to do the next time. So when I'm answering questions from you guys, when I'm answering questions in the Facebook group, that you should definitely go check out, Superhero Bloggers on Facebook. If I am answering questions there or I'm helping out a uh, maybe a client call and we're just you know kind of riffing, trying to figure out what we need to do for their business, usually the type of advice I'm giving them is because I went the wrong way previously. I have likely already been down that same path because when you really look at it, there's like this road we're trying to get down and there's only, you know, maybe four or five lanes that we need to take, but we're all trying to get to the exact same destination. So usually you're going to end up going through the same pitfalls, the same issues, the same problems, same concerns. I just happen to be a couple of miles ahead of maybe you, you know, where you are with your blog. So let me help you. Let me tell you that, hey, there's a pothole here. Hey, there's a cop hiding behind the billboard over there. You know, let me help you with those kinds of things because I've already made the mistakes. I already hit the pothole. I already got pulled over. You know, I already went through everything that you're going through right now. So in this video today, or not video, but this podcast, you can tell I've just been doing everything recently. But in this podcast, we are going to discuss the four affiliate marketing mistakes that will instantly kill your blogging business. And to be honest, I'm going to be 100% honest here. Most of these mistakes I've already made. But here is how to avoid them. I want to help you avoid these same mistakes. So go ahead and let's go take out a pen and paper. Pay attention because this is going to be some really great information that we're going over today. And I am super excited about going over it. So point number one or, or mistake number one that you need to avoid as a new affiliate marketer or a new blogger is selling rather than helping. When I first started blogging, all I wanted was just to make a few extra bucks a month, okay? My wife was quitting her job. We were having our first son. She wanted to give him mommy care, not daycare. And I was just, I was a new dad, you know, just working a dead-end job that was really going nowhere. Like, there was no, there was definitely a ceiling above me. Um, where I was working, there was no one who was above me. So that meant that if they, since no one could leave, since no one was above me, there was no way I was going to move up. My closest boss was like 200 miles away and I wasn't taking his job, you know, and he was a young guy, so he wasn't going anywhere. So I was really stuck. I remember sitting down one time for um, like a, a yearly review and uh, he just sat me down and told me, well, you know, you're doing well, Chris, but you know, you know, maybe in about five or seven years, you know, we can get you this position or that raise or this or that. I'm like five to seven years. Wow, that's, it seemed like a long time at the time, <laughs> which it, it was, but you're telling me for the next five to seven years, nothing's going to change in my income, nothing's going to change in my position, nothing, all right? That definitely was reminiscent of the whole, um, you know, the J-O-B, you know, a job means being just over broke. 
So what I ended up doing was working really, really hard to launch my very first blog. And unfortunately, that website failed. And it failed badly, okay? Uh, I put a lot of work into it. I wrote a lot of articles. I threw it out there all at the same time. And literally, like, I posted the articles and waited, like, one day. And then checked my analytics. And, like, where are all the people? And I remember I even went to Fiverr.com, which I don't recommend this, by the way, so don't do it. <laughs> but I went to Fiverr.com, and someone just posted things saying, hey, I can get 100,000 people to your site in the next 30 days. And I was like, for five bucks? Wow, that's amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, So I went ahead and did that. And the whole time, all of those articles that I was writing, it was just so that people would click the links and go to Amazon. That's what I wanted. Just click the link. Don't read the article. You're on my website now. You're looking into this. You're looking into that. Just click my links and go to Amazon. So then what ended up happening? Well, I paid the five bucks. I got 100,000 hits to my site. And not one person bought a thing. Okay. Not one. You know, you would think 100,000 people hit a website. You would think at least one person would click through and go to Amazon. Well, None of those people were interested in one thing that my blog had to say. Not one. And then as a result, because I wasn't helping anyone first, I was just trying to sell something. I mean, everyone was like, well, I don't want to be sold to, so I'm just going to go somewhere else. And that's what they ended up doing. Every single one, every, all 100,000 of those people. Now, because I did that, my website ended up getting uh, de-indexed from Google. So don't do that, by the way, uh, paying for traffic to go to your site. But the point there was, even though people were looking at uh, my website, they were looking at the articles that I had written, because those articles weren't very helpful, they could care less about clicking on any links and going to buy anything. There's a famous Zig Ziglar quote that says, uh, if you help enough people try to get what they want in life, then you are going to be able to get what you want in life. And to be honest, that was my aha moment. OK, so I made a plan to create a blog looking to solve problems first. First and foremost, what issues does my current audience have and what can I do to serve them, to help them, to get them out of the jams in which they are currently in? Well, what was the result? Well, let's just say I replaced my wife's income within about a year, and then I replaced my income within about two years. What I learned became a thriving business. Thriving businesses are backed on, oh, sorry, the backbone of a thriving business is helping people first. I want you to think about some of the major businesses and companies that exist in the world today. They all have a clear means to an end. They get people from one place to another. They solve a problem. What problem is your business solving? What problem is your blog solving? What problem is your affiliate marketing business trying to solve? If you don't know that or you're having a hard time defining what that is, you need to sit down and rethink everything. Airbnb, they're about to hit the uh, stock market, you know, as a new IPO soon. And to think about it, I mean, what do they help people do? Even during a pandemic, they're growing because they're helping people find somewhere to stay. 
That's a very necessary evil in life, right? You need somewhere to sleep at night, somewhere to lay your head. But they're answering that problem. Uber or Lyft, what problem are they solving? They're getting people from one place to the other. What problem does your business solve? So that's point number one, selling rather than helping. So point number two, the next thing that you need to avoid so that you do not kill your blogging business is focusing on the small bananas. Now, I get it. This one is kind of a toughie because you don't know what small bananas are when you are first starting off. And when I say small bananas, I mean things in your business that aren't actually moving the needle. Look, I'm not going to lie. The, the whole goal of our sites, of our affiliate niche sites, is to make money. That's what we want to do. Let's let's not let's call, you know, let's look at the elephant in the room or whatever the phrase happens to be. What is it we're trying to do with our affiliate sites? We're trying to earn an income. We're trying to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. You go to work to make money, right? But you need to remember that all income is not the same. Okay, so one of my first commissions that I earned uh, was through Amazon. You know, just like a lot of affiliate marketers, because Amazon is so easy to sell with. But that first commission was like 37 cents. And to be honest, I, I will tell you, when I first made a 37 cents, a light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, yo, I was able to make money online, even though it was only 37 cents. But it was great because it showed that the process that I was doing was actually working. But 37 cents, it's still only 37 cents. What am I going to do with 37 cents? So because of that particular instance, my dilemma was trying my best to get more traffic. And when I was getting more traffic, I was still only making small commissions. So then I heard someone say one time, I don't remember if it was a YouTube video, if it was a, a podcast I was listening to, a blog I read or whatever. But whatever, for whatever reason, this particular statement stuck in my mind. It takes just as much work to make a $5 sale as it does to make a $100 sale. So you might as well go for the $100 sale. And that was kind of groundbreaking for me because if someone's going to spend money, they're going to spend money. There's certain dollar amounts that you kind of want to keep in mind because some people kind of see it as, oh, it's just X amount of dollars, which means even if it's not good or it's terrible, you know, it's not like I'm going to be out a ton of money. So what I started doing was I made a plan to go after higher ticket items rather than being beholden or stuck, really, to Amazon and their small commissions. And over the years, Amazon has made it increasingly difficult to ever want to use them. Amazon will, uh, at least I believe at least over the last three years have just slashed their commission prices. And to be honest, I have no idea why. If you know, please, please let me know. There's got to be some type of business aspect in this. But the thing that I can conclude is that Amazon is trying to push out affiliates. And I don't understand why they're doing that. Affiliate marketing makes up a huge portion of the amount of sales that Amazon gets. But perhaps Amazon's getting too big for their own britches. Maybe they feel like they don't need affiliates. 
it would not surprise me if eventually they just slash affiliate commissions completely. So my question to you, are you still using Amazon? Don't get me wrong. Amazon is a good catch-all because, you know, you don't want to necessarily sign up for every affiliate program that you ever talk about for every product that you talk about on your website because you're going to literally have 100 different logins. But if you have just kind of a one-off here, one-off there, it might be better just to link them to Amazon because Amazon catches everything. But in instances where you might have a chance of driving some big traffic to affiliate uh, content, it may be better to go look and see if you can earn an income higher, a higher income or a higher commission somewhere else. Just a quick aside, one time I had a website on boxing gloves, okay? Totally random, I know. I'm not even interested in boxing at all. But this is just while I was just trying to figure out stuff <laughs> when it came to affiliate marketing and niche sites. So I had a website on boxing gloves. And obviously, the first place that I went to was Amazon. I was sending a lot of that traffic to Amazon. And I was making a decent income. This was before Amazon slashed a lot of their rates. But it was still, you know, relatively small commissions. So what I started doing was um, I found a another affiliate program and they were specific. They only talked about boxing gloves on that website, but instead of the, I believe two and a half, maybe 3% commission that I was making on Amazon, they were paying like a 12% commission. So now I was making four times as much money sending people to this website than I was sending them to Amazon. Now, full disclosure, I did get less sales because the one thing that Amazon has, you know, that it's really hard to beat is the fact that everyone trusts Amazon. I believe a statistic I saw recently that 85 percent of Americans have Amazon Prime. And that's insane because it's like one hundred dollars, like one hundred and twenty dollars or so a year. It's crazy. But eighty five percent of households have Amazon Prime. So trust is not an issue. People trust Amazon explicitly. So it's very easy to get people to buy on Amazon. And Amazon also is a conversion machine. When someone jumps on Amazon, they typically don't buy one thing. They buy like 10 things. You know, think about it. The last time you were on Amazon, you may have gone to try to buy one thing, but then you get to that little section that says other people also bought this. And then what ends up happening? You have 10 things in your cart and you're checking out. You went there to spend five bucks and ended up spending 50. That's just the way Amazon works. So you do have to keep that in mind. I did get fewer sales when I changed my affiliate program, but I was making four times the amount of money for sale. So early on, it probably is worth at least split testing, sending some traffic to Amazon and sending some traffic to uh, your new affiliate program that's paying a higher commission just to see which one converts best and which one you're going to end up earning more income with. In my particular situation, I made more money sending people to the, uh, the external site that wasn't Amazon that was giving me a 12% commission than I was sending people to Amazon that I was only getting paid a 3% commission. So stop focusing on the small business bananas, okay? Um, not saying that you should never promote lower ticket items, but you should definitely look into always looking at other affiliate programs and seeing what they are uh, paying in terms of, com of a commission 
and seeing what it is that you can uh, uh, get from it. This is also a great idea because when you start working with companies directly rather than going with Amazon all the time, you actually have maybe an affiliate manager that you can talk to. You have someone that you can say, hey, you know, it's a smaller company, so they can kind of work with you sometimes. Have fun trying to get somebody on the phone over at Amazon. But if you can talk directly to your uh, your affiliate manager, to the company, even if they didn't have an affiliate program, they may be willing to work with you if you start sending them targeted traffic. So I implore you, even if you're still using Amazon right now, which is perfectly okay, start looking into perhaps other affiliate programs that might pay a higher commission. Just throw it out there and see. Start Googling it, use some information, and try to see where you can get higher paid products. To be honest, this was the difference between my site making a few hundred bucks a month to making a few thousand dollars a month. So I learned that taking the time to find better, higher paying affiliate products, it's worth the effort in the back end. It's definitely worth the effort in the back end. All right, so at this point, we've talked um, about a couple of mistakes that new affiliate marketers need to watch out for, uh, selling rather than helping, as well as focusing on these small bananas. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. I remember spending days looking at web pages and templates and tons of options when I first set up my blog. I even remember spending hours setting up a website trying to get it to look just right, just for it to look nothing like the demo that I was promised when I installed it. Plus, I could never fully customize things like the headers and the footers and even the sidebars without having to go out and hire a developer, which can get very expensive. I needed something that was a better option. I needed a go-between. And after struggling, I did stumble across that go-between, Thrive Themes. Thrive Themes is the number one website builder that I recommend and use every single day. It doesn't require special coding or any type of web design skills to use, yet it is still fully customizable. So if you are running a blog, an e-commerce store, affiliate marketing niche site, or whatever. Thrive Themes is an amazing suite of WordPress plugins that can take your site and turn it into something you'd be proud to share with your friends, and most importantly, your readers and future customers. The Blogger Evolution Podcast has partnered with Thrive Themes, and now you can take advantage of a 24% off coupon when you pay annually for Thrive Membership. Check it out over at Benji'sDad.com slash Thrive Themes. That's Benji'sDad.com slash Thrive Themes for the hyper user-friendly page builder, which includes everything that you need to build a conversion-focused website in minutes rather than days. Did you know that if your website is running too slowly, it can cause higher bounce rates, lower search engine rankings, lower page view numbers, and even lower conversion rates? To put it simply, a slow website means lower profits. In fact, if your website is delayed by more than one second, it can literally be costing you thousands of dollars a year. But don't worry, I have an answer for you. WPX Hosting. WPX Hosting has some of the fastest website hosting on the planet with lightning quick servers, 24-7 support that is available in less than 37 seconds when you need them, blazing fast load times, and even a free high-speed content delivery network. But that is not the 
best part. Even if you are with another host, WPX Hosting will work with you for free to migrate your site over in less than one day. Along with automatic backups, malware scanning and removal, email, staging area, and 99.95% uptime guarantees, WPX Hosting is the exclusive web host for the Blogger Evolution podcast. Our friends over at WPX Hosting want you to join the family as well. For a limited time, you can enjoy a 50% discount on the first month of hosting, meaning that you can make your website faster for less than $13. Visit Benji'sDad.com slash hosting for your 50% off coupon. That's Benji'sDad.com slash hosting. Remember, a Faster website means higher profits. And we are back from break. All right, so our question of the day is presented by Active Campaign. So go check out Benji'sDad.com slash Active Campaign to learn more about the email autoresponder that we officially use on this uh, podcast for the business. All of um, most of my email lists are right there at Active Campaign. Um, so I would definitely recommend them because they are everything, all right? They catch so much stuff. They make it so much easier to promote products. They make it so much easier to set up uh, like complicated flows and, and all types of interesting, uh, uh, I forget, automations to make it very simple to get people emails at the right time, which can always, always increase your revenue at the end of the day. So be sure to go check out Active Campaign, Benji'sDad.com slash Active Campaign for your 14-day free trial. So the question of the day is how to get affiliate marketing right the first time, okay? The first time, getting it right the first time. So we've already gone over a couple. Let's go ahead and move into mistake number three that new affiliate marketers uh, do or perform, and that is shiny object syndrome, or what I like to call ADOH, attention deficit, ooh, shiny. Okay, that's a major problem really in any aspect of life for the most part, but definitely when it comes to marketers, for whatever reason, shiny object syndrome looms large. Okay, it's very, very difficult to remain focused on one thing when there's so much other stuff going on around you. And trust me, I know how it feels when you are at, you know, maybe at the cusp of being successful with your blogging business, with your affiliate marketing business, it's probably you're at the point where you're willing to do anything to get this to work. If you were like me, I was desperate, okay? I had my back against a wall. I needed something to work and I needed something to work fast. So I was willing to do whatever was it was necessary, whatever it needed in order to make this business successful. And what I ended up doing was starting a project here and then starting a project there and then starting a project over there. And then maybe some here again and there and there and there. And what ended up happening? I had 10 or more projects that were not even complete, 10 half done projects, not one of which was earning an income, at least not a decent income, because I wasn't sticking with it long term. So you probably are in that, you know, very similar position because you're out there and you're seeing people killing it on Instagram. Oh, I need an Instagram account or people killing it on Facebook. Oh, I need to do Facebook lives every day or killing it in an email. So I need to do email every day, killing it in YouTube. I need to do YouTube every day. Nah, you can't do that, especially as one person. That's very, very difficult, if not impossible. 
you know, earlier in the um, episode here, I told you how I had to take a couple of weeks break to take care of something. To be honest, for me, at the end of the day, you know, taking care of the family is everything. Even if it's at the expense of me maybe missing a week uploading something. So you need to have the proper perspective when you're doing stuff. Early on, that focus is required. And, you know, it will take some sacrifices depending on, you know, what you're willing to give up. For me, one thing that I gave up was watching Netflix all the time, you know. So I gave up watching uh, so many episodes and watching this and watching that and, you know, spending so much time with those things that now I could devote that time to actually building up the business. So I had time to kind of spread myself a little thin in terms of the projects that I had going on. But if you only have like an hour, if you only have two hours or 30 minutes to work on your business, if you're only putting 30 minutes toward Instagram, 15 minutes toward Facebook, 10 minutes toward YouTube, five minutes toward your email list, your blog, or whatever it happens to be, you're not going to get anywhere. So you need to focus on one. Let me give you this interesting analogy. Uh, imagine that you were like in a field trying to catch a chicken. Okay. That's hard enough to try to catch one chicken, right? How hard do you think it would be if you tried to catch two or three or more than that? It would be like information overload. You wouldn't even know which chicken to get. Well, let's just say that there's 10 chickens out there, right? How are you going to, you don't catch them all at the same time, right? You focus on one chicken and you go after it <laughs> until you catch them. That's how you need to look at your online business. Focus on one chicken, okay? Focus on one thing. Avoid the shiny object syndrome. Because if you're going after one thing and then right before you catch it, you're like, oh, let me go get this one. And then let me go get that one. Let me go get that one. You're going to end up with nothing. Empty handed. So what I ended up doing is I made a uh, like a, a mental contract with myself to only focus on one thing at a time. Another benefit of focusing on one thing at a time is that you actually can see things through completion. If I focus, on, if I have 10 projects I need to work on and I focus on one until it's done, I have the satisfaction of knowing, hey, I finished something. Versus if I have the stress of 10 projects and not having any of them, any of them being complete. So what was the result of this plan that I took to make this contract with myself? I guess you can say the result was I was pretty consistent for years with creating YouTube content, creating my blog content. And uh, that was basically it. I've kind of focused on just blogging and YouTubing for a very, very long time. I've just recently taken up uh, the podcasting, you know, this is episode 18, by the way. So this is pretty cool. There were almost 20 episodes in, but yeah, I focused on one thing. And then once it was up and running and doing what I needed it to do, then I moved on to something else. Again, early on, I made the mistake of trying to be everywhere, being omnipresent, trying to be everywhere in front of everybody at all times. And what ended up happening? I got nowhere and I got nowhere fast. So, I mean, because of the evergreen nature of in which the content that we create, it's really good because blogs and YouTube videos that I created in the past are still ranking today years later. So the work that I did a long time ago by focusing on one thing and figuring it out is still paying me today. What I learned was that focus was everything. I don't need to be a master at everything. 
but be a master at one thing at least before moving on to the next. All right, so now the fourth mistake that affiliate marketers make or new affiliate marketers make that are killing their online businesses, and that is faking it until you make it. Now, this one, it's a little bit of a toughie as well, because it's kind of hard to create affiliate content if you need to constantly buy products to review. I mean, who has the money to do that, right? But you know what ends up happening? Or if you haven't had success in your particular space before, before you go out there trying to teach other people how to do it, that can sometimes create a problem or maybe even a little bit of an imposter syndrome where you're feeling as though you're not feeling adequate enough to be able to teach somebody else. Look, faking it till you make it is really a disgusting trend in the marketing industry. And it's something that it's hard to get over sometimes, okay? Um, because it's so easy to do. Because, I mean, who can verify it? You're just a random person posting blogs. You know, you're just a random person posting videos. So who's going to verify the fact that the cars, the fast cars and the women and, and uh, the housing that you have is actually legitimate? You know, those houses are rented. Those, those women, they're probably paid actor, actresses. Those fast cars, you probably leased them or just rented them for the day. But you're sporting them in these commercials and saying, hey, I got this. Hey, I got that. Just because, hey, you know, this business works. Come buy my course. It doesn't help you do anything. You know, <laughs> so you got to be careful of that. OK, that's something that affects a lot of people. So how do you get around that? Well, just early on, at least this was helpful for me early on in your blogging business, early on on your about me page. Do not say that you're an expert. Do not profess to be the perfect example of how this stuff works. And by doing that, you automatically set the tone and you automatically let people know that, oh, you're just a regular person who just happens to like this topic. That's a good thing, by the way, because now you are more relatable. And being relatable is very, very huge online, because once you are relatable, that automatically leads to people trusting you. And when people trust you, as we've mentioned in previous podcast episodes, when people trust you, they are more likely to buy something from you and through you because they like you. And you can be liked by being relatable. So I ended up making a plan to help others that were a few steps behind me. Not saying that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is an expert, I'm not saying that I'm a 10. I'm just saying that, you know, I might be a five or a six. You know, I just happen to be a couple of steps ahead of where you are. A good example of this is the uh, the catch me if you can story. I know a lot of you might have heard this one before, but if not, it's a story about a guy named Frank Abagnale. And he was he was a con artist. He was, you know, he was uh, really good at faking it. All right. I think at one time he pretended to be a doctor. One time he pretended to be an airline pilot. And he was just running from the feds, you know, the whole time because he was uh, stealing money. But one thing that he did was he was a so an advanced sociology professor for an entire semester in school, in, in school. 
And when the feds finally did catch up with him and they started just questioning him on, you know, what he had been doing throughout the years, one of the things they wanted to know was how was it that you faked being a advanced sociology professor for an entire semester and not one student in the classroom thought that you were faking? How was that possible? You know what his response was? Well, he said, well, it wasn't that difficult. I had the textbook. I just needed to be a couple of uh, chapters ahead of the students. Now, when I heard this story, that was kind of groundbreaking for me. That was what kind of changed the tide in my thinking, because I realized that, no, I don't have to be an expert. I don't need to be, you know, the Tiger Woods of advanced sociology in order to earn an income. All I need to do is just be a little bit ahead of the people who I'm trying to teach. The examples, the, the, the example that I can hopefully set, the mistakes that I probably made along the way. In fact, that's what this whole podcast episode is based on, you know, showing you that here's the mistakes that I made and here's how you can avoid them. So I'm not guaranteeing that you'll never make a mistake. What I am saying is that hopefully you can avoid the same mistakes that I avoided and then you can save yourself some time and effort and usually money as well. I can't tell you how many times I've invested in something and didn't need it at all. You know, so right now I can tell people, hey, don't buy that because you don't need it. <laughs> you know, and I know that because I bought it when I didn't need it. But when I bought it, I didn't realize I didn't need it. Someone just had a pretty good sales pitch. So the plan that you should make is the same one that I did. As you're trying your best to become relatable, do not claim to be an expert. Focus on the people that are under you. Think about what you did and what you went through and liken it to what everyone else who's trying to do the same thing is going through as well. Because what the people who are following you want is the same thing that you wanted. So be helpful. Give them something that saved you some time and effort. The mistakes that you made you know, let them know what the mistakes that you made so that you can help them avoid issues. Look, it's going to be a learning curve. And part of making mistakes is going to be in that learning curve. But what I eventually learned through all of this is no matter how good you might be at something, be humble. Never claim to be an expert unless you have some type of credentials to back it up. Always say that you're learning. And your potential fans are going to love you for it because you are relatable. Then when you engage with your audience, you know, maybe in, in a chat room, maybe, uh, you know, in the comment section of your blog, maybe in your you know Facebook groups or whatever. When you're talking to people when you're engaging, then you're not going to uh, be a mentor. You know, you're not going to be uh, put on a pedestal. Hey, do what I say. You're going to just be having a conversation, a chat. Hey, this is what I went through. I think that you can help. I think I can help you with where you are right now. That is when people start to trust you. That is when people start to like who you are. Then and only then can you make a recommendation for them to buy something. And guess what? You're going to earn affiliate commission. So to review, we've talked about 
the four bad mistakes that new affiliate marketers made that absolutely kill their businesses. Number one was selling rather than helping. Number two was focusing on the small bananas or the small commissions in your business. Number three was shiny object syndrome is hardly having a hard or having a hard time trying to uh, focus on one thing and then faking it until you make it. So what did I learn from all of these mistakes? Well, the fastest way to monetize your blog is with affiliate marketing. But more importantly than trying to make a sale, you need to be honest. Honest is what you need to be. When I started the Benji's Dad YouTube channel and the blog, I was surprised that I was unique because and I was setting myself apart by simply being honest and realistic. After that, my business blew up and you can do it too. So don't be fake. Be you, whoever it happens to be, be yourself and help people. So if you enjoyed the podcast so far, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe as well as uh, leave a rating over at the Apple podcast. Also share this podcast on Instagram. Just take a screenshot, tag Benji's dad official, and uh, I'll be sure to uh, retweet you as well. So or not a retweet, but uh, re whatever you do on Instagram. <laughs> I'm still learning it. So give me. Uh, give me a little bit of slack, okay? But anyway, um, enjoy your week. Again, do something now that your future self will thank you for. Keep building, keep growing, and I'll see you later. Peace.